Welcome to this episode of Program Building. Alongside Coach Kevin Lovers, I'm Donnie Smith. Our special guest today wears a couple of hats over at William Jessup, the head men's basketball coach and the athletic director. Lance Von Vogt, appreciate you joining us. Coach Kevin, I think it was your first year at Southeastern. You guys had a chance to host Jessup uh, at the Furnace for a Classic. Uh, just kind of give us some of your impressions of, of the way Lance runs his team and, and his program. What? Yeah, coach, welcome to the to the show here. And I, I think I'm glad I've only had to play you once, right? So we, we had a heck of a game, I think, when you guys were out here uh, in Florida. It was a great game, good chance to see uh, see coach in action, meet him, talk with a little bit, and uh, just have a ton of respect for his teams, the way they play. I mean, this year, again, just unbelievable run. Um, I know he had some injury bug there, uh, like we all run into at times and, and timing of that can obviously influence how the end of the season goes, but man, you guys had a great year, ton of respect for coach, especially given, you know, he's wearing two hats. Like you said, Donnie, we got athletic director, which is a beyond a full-time job in and of itself. And then, oh, by the way, he runs one of the best programs in the country. So I can't wait to get into this a little bit and hear a little bit more. 30 and 70 year ago, coach, uh, going into the national quarterfinal kind of talk. Uh, let's pick up there. You know, you're, you're the athletic director of a program, uh, at William Jessup, you're the head men's basketball coach. How do you, how do you manage your time? How do you divvy up your responsibilities and, and make sure you're hundred percent there for the other 15 programs as well? Okay. Well, you know, right now, I, I, apparently I've got to be here for my cat. So if you see something <laughs> popping up on the screen, that's what we're doing. We're always I'm multitasking. Little, I'm getting a little disturbed there, but now, now you cleared it up. <laughs> so, Hey, I, I think that it's a, it's a challenge and it's, it's just uh, one of those things that you're always trying to figure out, uh, find the right balance, the right mix. There's kind of a rhythm to it through the season, you know, with uh, relative to basketball times when I got to turn, um, you know, most of my attention to the men's basketball team, but I have a great staff as far as my administration uh, my support staff, uh, assistant athletic directors and so forth that allow me to do the things that um, I need to do and concentrate, you know, uh, at the most important times, you know, and have my focus where it needs to be. But I do believe that's something that, you know, um, I'm always trying to get better at. It's not something that I've figured out and I don't have the uh, the secret sauce or the answer. Um, but what I do know is, you know, when you're passionate about something, you care a lot, uh, you see the potential, you see the growth, you hire good people, um, they're passionate, uh, they're tough-minded, they get after it, uh, you, you share a common goal, uh, you can move mountains, and uh, God provides a way, and that's that's kind of been our experience uh, at Jessup, you know, since I've been here, so I've been I've been blessed and fortunate uh, to, to have that opportunity to, to lead in both areas, which was not my intent when I first arrived. You mentioned... Uh or we talked about your team going to the quarterfinals last year, roster still has a pretty good amount of eligibility still remaining. How do you handle the success that you had with such a young team and manage the expectations to go forward? Cause I think a lot of times you see teams that are young, that have that success. There are teams that feel, well, since we got there last year, we basically get a buy back to the national quarterfinals, but you kind of forget that everybody's going to be gunning for you next time around. I think you can look at um, just the year over year, how hard it is to do what we do. And it's the, it's the grind. You have to, you have to get guys that embrace that grind. They have that competitive spirit. I'm real big on not comparing ourselves to other programs. Um, I, I believe that we got to compare ourselves to the talent that we have inside the gym, uh, inside that locker room. Uh, I believe that, you know, the goal should be to be the best versions of ourselves. Um, and if we do that, uh, then, then we're going to have a good shot 
you know, every time we walk out on that floor. And so by, by making it a little bit more of an internal uh, motivation rather than external factors motiv motivating us, um, I believe that we have an opportunity to, to stay a little bit more even keel and just continue our growth process because then, you know, it's, 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 it's literally about, you know, the 15 guys in that room. It's not, it's not about, you know, Hey, I mean, no offense to, to Kevin, they run a great program. And, you know, I have a different memory of that game, Kevin. I, I, I felt like we were playing pretty good. And then I, I felt like your point guard uh, just absolutely took over and scored like 50 points in the final 10 minutes. It was an amazing, we went to overtime, didn't it? Yeah. It was crazy. Overtime. Crazy. Game. Yeah. Crazy it was game. a wild game. Talk about the tale of two halves. Uh, but I, I, I believe that, the, the, the goal for us this coming season is to not rely on past success to define what we're going to be in the future. It's going to be a brand new group of guys. Now, we, we do have a lot of consistent guys. We have two All-Americans coming back. We've got uh, some other players that we really like, but we've added a few um, through the recruiting process, and we've got to find out what this team does well. And it's going to be something that's going to be new. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be fun. Coach, what, you know, this is fun for us and especially for me, but, but for Donnie and the folks that listen to this too is, you know, you think about getting behind the curtain a little bit about, you know, what, when you think about recruiting, like obviously for me, Southeastern, we have a certain niche here. We have a certain um, type of kid that I think fits our program well, fits our philosophy, things like that. But tell us a little bit about William Jessup basketball. Uh, when you go out looking, what does a fit look like to you? And, uh, you know, just say a little bit about that if you can. We like we like versatile guys. We like versatile players. Um, we 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 uh, uh, look for very specific types of characteristics beyond just the talent. Um, and I believe that that's the separator and the choice. Like you know, we might have two guys that you know similar talent, similar ability. Um, but what's the criteria that that they? kind of exhibit what, what's the characteristics they exhibit on the floor uh, so we identify five things we try to grade them out um, so that we have an idea of what we're looking at we have a grading system for it but you know competitive spirit is uh, one mental and physical toughness would be number two mental being you know take the old bobby knight adage four times as important uh than the you know four to one, you know, mental to physical toughness. Uh, leadership would be number three. Uh, number four is going to be IQ. We look at four different levels of IQ. So you're looking at academic, you're looking at the basketball IQ, emotional IQ, and then obviously uh, social IQ. We want to have people that are well-rounded. Um, and then the fifth, the fifth one is adaptability, which is uh, just for us, a higher level of versatility. Um, adapt not only to the situation, uh, but also adapt to your role, you know, things both internal and external that are surrounding you, things you have control over and things you don't. Um, and we, we, we got a sheet. We, we integrate this into the recruiting process when we talk to the recruits. Uh, so they know who we are and they, they know what we value. And then we can find that, that fit. So our goal is to, to not miss I think one of the things that hurts, you talk about recruiting and everybody talks about the players that you have, but they don't talk about the players you didn't offer and the players that you passed on. And I think that that's something that the better you are on, on, on passing up on the wrong guy that doesn't have the right fit for your program, your coaching style, your university, the better off you're going to be because the, the less mistakes you have. 
the less mistakes you have, better culture you build, the better culture you build, uh, better chance you have to absorb. You know, you spoke about, you know, Kevin, the fact that we were 30 and seven, we made it to the quarterfinals, but we were battling major injuries all year long. We had to reinvent ourselves two or three times during the season. Um, and in January and February, it's hard to do. To, 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 you know, you're in the middle of conference play and we're in one of the better conferences in the country. And we had to figure out, but what we had done is in that criteria, we had built up that mental toughness. We had built up the leadership. We had a competitive spirit within our guys. Um, they had a will to win. They were uh, uh, um, definitely adaptable to whatever situation that, that it was. If you looked at different portions of the season when we had different guys on the floor, we played differently drastically differently and uh, that ability to adapt uh, on the fly is what served us well and I think that's what allowed us to have the success that we had down the stretch. Lance how tough is that in the recruiting process you see a kid that you know is is going to be a player uh, at the collegiate level he can take anybody off the dribble he can score the basketball but as you kind of get into it you see that you know, he's, he's just not a good fit for whether it be our team specifically our school or or whatever the case may be and you're going to have to take a pass on that in the, in the win now society. Is that kind of tempting sometimes to say, you know what, I think we can take a flyer on this kid, or is there just some parts of your program that you feel are just non-negotiables? So the one thing I didn't talk about is the heartbeat. Okay. Um, and that, I, I, that kind of can, you know, be in, enveloped in at times with uh, the competitive spirit part, but, but the heartbeat of the kid and whether or not we get to feel that, that there's a, a good person in there. It doesn't mean that they're a fully developed person that's going to do all the right things. It doesn't mean that they have everything shaped up. We like, we, we, we like guys from all over the spectrum, guys that are a little edgy, all the way to guys that, that, that just come in and do their work and they keep their head down. Um, but the one common thread is that they're really good people and they just have this heart and it just needs to be something that you can embrace and grow right? If they've got that, we can move forward. If they don't have that, they're, they're not going to fit where we're at. And so you just have to know yourself. So to me, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to say, no, that's not the right guy for us. It just is because I can look down and I can, I can, you can literally see the future because I've, I've made those mistakes in the past and I've had to learn from them where we've taken a guy solely on talent and we thought that, you know, we could work with them. But man, it was an energy vampire situation. You know, it was a, uh, it was toxic at times, and um, you're you just become a fireman, and you're 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 clean up on aisle five all year long. Uh, where's the enjoyment? So I want to recruit guys that I enjoy to coach. Like, hey, I'm going to spend a whole lot of time. I'll spend more time with them during that period than maybe my wife. You know, so I need to make sure that I'm going to enjoy the group of guys that I'm coaching. And uh, I think that you know, for me, with doing this for now 23 years in college basketball um i'm at that stage where uh it, it it's gotten easier and easier to say no yeah that's that's good stuff coach and that's kind of one of those leadership lessons that i was thinking back um reflecting when i first started this i haven't been doing it quite as long as you i'm at 16 17 years something like that but remember one of those first few years i i took a kid in recruiting who was really talented not as he was you know he's a pretty good student but he was kind of like meh on the motor side, <laughs> you know, and use that word heartbeat. It's such a good word. And I'm like, no, 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 I can, I can do this. Right. I, I'm, I'm coach of the decade, baby. I can get this out of him. I'm going to, our culture will, <laughs> you know, and, 
And uh, I had a mentor of mine about halfway through the year after I'd pulled all my hair out and kicked the kid off the team. He said, you know, I'm going to challenge you with one thing. And it's that um, anytime you try to force fit somebody into your culture, it's going to blow up on you. When? Who knows? Could you make it a year? Maybe. Could you make it two? Sure. But eventually that's going to blow up on you and get back in your face. And so just the discipline it takes to do that on the front end, I think, is one of those learned skills uh, that you have along the way. And I'm telling on myself a little bit, but do you have a time where maybe that lesson really rang true to you, right? Where, where you can think back, you're like, doggone it, I am never <laughs> doing that again. This is, this is my stake in the ground moment. Absolutely. You know, we had, we had a, uh, a, you know, one that I remember at, at Jessup. So at Jessup, I came in to just be the head basketball coach and I've, I've been through, I've I coached at Juco and, um, you know, in, in Juco, you take a, a dynamic, unique group of, of, uh, guys that come from a myriad of backgrounds, um, socioeconomic, uh, you know, race, uh, just, everything is, it's just, it's so much fun and you can get your hands dirty and you can really just kind of get in there and, and, and be a part of something really super special. And so at Jessup, uh, once I took over the athletic director job, um, my, my time was fractured. I didn't have as much time to invest, to develop the, the depth of the relationships with every single player that I had previously had. And my recruiting was still that, which maybe we had some more guys with heavy lifting that needed to be done, but I didn't have the time. So then what I was seeing is I wasn't addressing issues within my program. I wasn't, I wasn't handling the stuff that, you know, and uh, you know, they, they weren't being held as accountable as what they needed to be, you know, and I, I recognize that. So I kind of had to adjust a little bit. So, to, you know, to your, to your point, I, I think that you promote what you permit in your program. And what I realized is, is that I didn't have as much time. So, I needed to recruit less guys that require as much heavy lifting. And that, that was one of the keys, but I do have one situation where I'm thinking through it and it's a kid that I love dearly. Um, and, uh, but just regardless of, of how hard we worked, it was like a yo-yo, you know, and, or a Dow Jones index, you know, up one day, everything seemed to be moving in the right direction. And then with no, no warning, we were right back down to where we were at before. And that what it does is it, it's that roller coaster took the team with them, you know, and we had to learn to navigate that. And eventually we had to part ways. Yeah. It's like my golf game. You know, I go <laughs> one down the fairway and I, I'm basically Tiger Woods. And then for the next 17 holes, I, I, I look like me. And, <laughs> but man, you just hold out hope, right? You see those high moments like, Oh man, that we if we could just get them to do that all the time, but it's so much work to do that. So I appreciate you sharing that coach. I know we all have, any of us that are being honest have some some uh, mulligans right along the way that, that we wish we did differently. That's how uh, we learn. That's how we learn, though, yeah. Kevin. They're like, you know, we're just like the players. You know, we ask yeah. them to learn from their mistakes. And as coaches, we've got to learn from our mistakes. 100%. Yeah. No, that's good. You know, one of your, your tenants you mentioned there at the beginning, I think it was number three, was leadership, right? To have that right. You talked about leadership. And everyone, that word sometimes needs to be vetted out, right? Because it could mean something to me. It could mean something different to Donnie. And I'm sure it has a unique connotation to you as well at Jessup. What does is, what is recruiting leadership look like to you? How do you ID that in a kid, in a young person? Uh, and then how do you develop it? 
Oh, absolutely. So that's, that's the million dollar question, you know, and uh, I think sometimes we do it really well. And I think sometimes we'll miss the mark as well on that, but uh, leadership, we, we define out all five criteria leadership. We have a, a definition for it. I go over it with my assistant coaches, um, but, but essentially we have standards for the team, you know, and, and, and we, we kind of go through and we, we stay away from rules for the most part and we, we stick to standards. Um, and in that uh, we, we want somebody who's going to hold to the standards, not only themselves, but others within the program. They're going to acclimate to whether they're in the dorms or in the classroom, they're in the gym, they're in a locker room, but they're the type of guy that's going to, going to be a magnet towards the team standards. They're going to lead towards team standards and uh, they, they, they want to bring the team along because, you, you know, when you get a toxic locker room and they're, they're working against themselves, they don't even realize they just get into a negative mindset. It's a scarcity mindset. It's not an abundance mindset. And you, you, you start seeing effort and practice start to wane. Communication with the guys starts to get frayed. And, and we, we, we got to have guys in the locker room because coaches can't do all the work and we're not going to be there 24-7. You got to have guys in the locker room that are bringing everybody back together to the top common goal, getting everybody moving in the same direction. Uh, so what do we do when we're looking at the recruiting? We're always just trying to identify uh, what we see on the court, uh, you know, after uh, adverse moments, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's a bad call by the, by the official, you know, in, in, in the high school game, the AAU game, the JUCO game, there's a, a teammate that drops a pass that was put right on the hands. A kid misses a, a smokes a layup in a big moment in the game. And it's a teammate. How are they treating the teammate? The coach pulls them out after a bad play. And how do they respond to the coach in that coachable, coachable moment, right? Are they, are they coachable? Or are they not coachable? Uh, so we have a bunch of different scenarios that we kind of talk about, and go over. Um, the way we train it with our guys is that, uh, at the, at the beginning of practice, every single day without fail, we have uh, a center circle and we have either uh, a quote of the day, a note of the day, a scripture of the day, um, a principle of the day, and they build off of each other. And they always reflect back on our core values. And we always tie them back in. So we have principles like, you know, we have the four C's, you know, which we want compelled individuals, committed and compelled. You know, we, we can't have people who are compliant or cynics, can't have those guys. We got to be committed or compelled. So we give them these principles. We talk a lot about a concept that um, uh, I didn't create, but, but, I, but I believe in, but is uh, E plus R equals O. That's uh, from uh, Brian Kite. Uh, he's got a Focus 3 podcast. Uh, definitely worth checking out. But EE is the event uh, plus the response or the reaction. We want it to be a response. A lot of times with young people, it's a reaction equals the outcome. You want better outcomes, choose better responses. You can't always, you can't always control the event. Press pause. That's where the plus sign comes in. And so we actually teach these principles uh, at practice. We have our team meetings. We, we teach them. We lead every single film session in the beginning with some type of principle that brings us back to our core values. So when you're, we're building culture and when we're building our program, it's like, hey, what do we want it to look like? If I leave it undone or I'm not intentional about it every single day, it will become unimportant to the guys. It won't be real. It's just going to be something that's up on the locker room door. But we, we hit it every single day at the beginning of practice and at the end of practice before every film session at the end of every film session, every team meeting on the front and the back end, we don't spend a bunch of time on it every single day. Sometimes we spend more, 
A lot of times it's just two or three minutes. And then we give them homework on a Friday. You know, if we don't have a game on Saturday, it's early before we start getting to Saturday practices. They're going to have the weekend. We'll say, all right, I want you to think about two situations where you're going to use E plus R equals O uh, over the weekend. And when we come back on Monday, we're going to talk about it. Right. And so then we get the guys to participate, you know, um, and I think that the guys, you know, at first they're like, what the heck is coach talking about? I thought I came here for basketball, but then, then they start to enjoy it and they come in they're like, coach, man, I've been using that E plus R equals O it's pretty cool. You know, Hey coach, have I been a compelled individual lately? You know, and they'll start asking these weird questions, you know, and uh, that's when you know that you got them and that they're all in and, and they're, they're happy to be learning things that they otherwise they wouldn't be learning. We're visiting with Lance Von Boke, the men's basketball coach and athletic director at William Jessup. Uh, Lance, let's uh, let's take a moment to kind of continue down this recruiting trail a little bit. Uh, if you were to give advice to the parents of a high school basketball player, what what are two or three things that the parent of a basketball player in high school hoping to play at the college level should know or do? Uh, listen to less people. <laughs> Number one, had too many people in their ears. You know, it's it's a pretty simple deal. Okay, play hard, play smart, uh, play together with your teammates. Be coachable. Um, be tough. Defend your position. I mean, Kevin, I don't know about you. The first thing I look at from a guy is not whether he can score the ball. Obviously, that's going to pop. You're going to see it if the guy can really score. But to to get onto the floor at our level, uh, you got to defend your position. Okay, first and foremost, unless you're just an elite scorer, you got to defend your position. So if I'm if I'm a young person, I, I'm, I'm going to give so much effort on defense and I'm going to become such a great team defender, even if I don't have the lateral quickness to be a great on ball defender, put me on an island and I can guard anybody type of guy. I'm going to I'm going to be so tough and I'm going to give so much effort. I'm going to communicate at such a high level that Every, I'm going to rebound. I'm going to be the guy that gets the loose balls. I'm going to be the guy that takes the charges because that is what helps win games. What do coaches at the college level want to do with their programs? They want to win games. They want to recruit winners. So it's not about a, a guy that scored 20 and lost the game. I'll take the guy that scored 12 points, did a lot of stuff that doesn't put in the box score, but he, he, he just made game-winning plays throughout the ones that are toughness. And that's what good programs and good coaches are looking for in, in, in my estimation. So that's, that's what I would recommend is, is focus on that side. I'm not saying don't not develop your offensive game, definitely develop your offensive game, but just make sure that you're, you're focused more on that defensive side of the ball. What, yeah. what can parents do or not do to kind of aid in the, in the recruiting process? It seems like sometimes uh, mom and dad, think that junior can play two levels higher than he can. And junior thinks he can play at least one level higher than he can. It's very simple. Um, and, and I want to get Kevin a chance to, to just kind of tell me what he thinks on this too. Uh, pick his brain a little bit, but n- number, number one is go where parents need to understand. You want to go where you're wanted. Okay. Sending a kid to a level is, is something just so that you can put it out on social media and you can get credit when you go to the barbecue, you know, with your friends. And it, it goes away real quick when you're not on the floor or you're not at the right fit and you're in the, you know, you're in the wrong program. It just, it's, 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 it's something that's there for a moment and it's gone. It's fleeting. Okay. If you want something that's going to sustain, then go where you're loved, go where you're wanted, go where you're desired. And that's going to be the right level 
nine times out of 10. I mean, you're just, your success rate's going to go off through the charts. Yeah, that that's good stuff, Lance. I, I think too, I mean, the recruiting stuff, I'm going to go back to what you said about players sometimes, you know, I, I, uh, I think sometimes when I watch like the NBA, we'll use, for example, and I, and I don't know these guys as human beings. So I'm, I'm taking that piece out of it. They may be great. Then I don't know. That's not my issue, but I watch a guy like PJ Tucker, Draymond green, like, you know, they're not leading the league and scoring that whatever, but they are up in the kitchen of the other side's best player bothering them all the time game after game after game they make the extra pass they get on the floor for loose balls you know those two guys yeah maybe they're you know like I said flamboyant with the referees or whatever I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the down and dirty because one thing I talk to kids about is you think about a basketball game and I I always I challenge parents of this sometimes too is take a stopwatch and I want you to start it when Johnny catches the ball and I want you to stop it when he passes it okay how much of the game is played when he doesn't have the ball? Absolutely. And that's what I'm watching. What are you doing when you don't have the ball to impact winning? Because you're not going to have it very much. And like in both of our programs, we we have a guy or two, and I'm no expert, but they're probably going to have the ball a fair amount. So Billy over here isn't going to have it very much. So what can you do? How can you be a great screener? How can you be a great rebounder? Can I count on you when that thing's on the deck? your nose is going to be on it every single time, no matter what, you know, and then, and then defensively, like you said, can you just be a disruptor? It doesn't matter if I put you on a one or a five, you bother them and you change how they play. I think that's important on the, on the parent side, you know, I've, and I am a parent. And so I, you know, and Lance, I believe you are as well. Right. So I think you, you know, I can, I can say this because I'm saying it to myself. I am not recruiting parents, right? I'm recruiting your son and the relationship primarily is going to be with them. Um, so in the recruiting recruiting process, if 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 I call you and you say, and I say, hey, I need to see your transcript, and you say, well, you can call my mom; she takes care of all that. No, no, no. Your your mom <laughs> your mom doesn't take care of that. You take care of that. If you can't take care of it. You can't be here because I'm not going to call your mom uh, to tell her what time the bus is leaving. Uh, for the first road trip, you know? So I think it's one of those things too, where you want to have great relationships with parents. I think it's super important. I, I, I take very seriously, just like you do, Lance, the ability to take someone's child uh, and help grow them during pivotal years. I take that really seriously and I want to honor the work that's been done at home. Uh, but the work is going to be done me to that kid most of the time. Yep. Um, we're with them 365 days a year, emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, growing them, learning them. We're going to see the parents 28 times a year, probably. And it's yep. going to be awesome when we see them. But, you know, we're there in those dark moments and high moments and everything else. And, and I think it's really important that young people understand you are the one being recruited. So you need to be the, be the front communicator, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, be honest about who you are and your abilities. But at the end of the day, it is all about fit. It's all about fit. You know, we, we talk to kids. I'm sure you do too. What, you know, are you married to a certain level? That's one of my questions. Yes. I want to be D one or D two. Okay, great. We wish you the best. What do you mean, coach? We're not division one or division two. And I'm not married to level. <laughs> now, now we have players that are division, division one or division two, but you know, if you think there's something magical that happens there, then God bless you figure it out. But this isn't a good fit for you because that's not what we are. Right. So. Anyway. I, love, I, I love the way you put that. Are you married to a level? You know, I, I, I just, I, 
Kevin, I, I love that. I haven't used that exact verbiage. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I hope you don't have it copyrighted because I'm going to be I using it. it. <laughs> I love it, man. That's, that's fantastic. I had, I, I had one, one situation that popped in my head. You're talking about these versatile guys. We had a kid named Taryn Story Way this year on our roster and yeah. just an, he, he could guard one through five and be a disruptor. He was our Draymond. He, he, he was our PJ Tucker. Um, and, you know, he was an opportunistic scorer that could really get it going if, if he was having a day, but, but he could get the grind points. He was the guy that ran out in transition and, and he, he was so invaluable to the success. And we have these two all American guards that have the ball and, and Terrence capable of having the ball in his hands but he had to defer to these two guards. You know, we got Cash and we got Miles. And he and, and, and Terrence is senior, so he's the senior of the group, Donnie. Like, he's the, he's the senior. And he's deferring to the younger guys because he knew that it was going to help the team win. So that sacrifice, I mean, that's a word we haven't used yet today, Kevin, but sacrifice. Who's willing to sacrifice so that the team could be successful? Because Terrence could have made it miserable for those two guards you know, um, and, and he was an all league player a year ago. And then he had, he ended up being not an all league player this year, although I still think he was all league, you know, I mean, I, I still believe he's an all league level guy and, and he, he played at an all legal level, but you know, when you only got 11 guys that make the all league team and you got 10, 10, 10 teams in the league, it, it's hard to get more than a couple guys on that team. But bottom line is, is if, if he hadn't sacrificed the way that he did defensively, offensively, we're not, we're not what we were. And so you got to have those types of guys. And that goes back to, are you married to a level? And are you the guy that's willing to do whatever it takes offensively and defensively when you don't have the ball in your hand to help the team win, affect winning in those moments? Yeah. The other, the other guys we don't talk about very much that I, we, we recruit them. I'm sure you do too, is, is those guys that are 10 through 15. Mm right? Like we pay a lot of attention to who gets the privilege to be in that 10 through 15 slot. Number one, they're going to get no love <laughs> in Donnie's articles, right? Uh, they're not going to get a, you know, a lot of high fives, things like that, but they are absolutely and completely invaluable to the operation. And to being successful, you got to have guys in that 10 to 15 slot from a depth chart perspective who are utterly sold out to the team's success and will do anything they can on a day-to-day -day basis to make it happen. Those guys are our all-stars. We talk about that in our locker room all the time. Like, the, you know, you guys that score 20 and stuff, I'd love to high-five you every night, but you don't need that. Th these guys are the ones that need the love and deserve it because they're, they're selling out and they get essentially no reward, right? <laughs> Other than to be a part of the deal. Uh, so I, I think the mental toughness, and I think Johnny's going to hit on that here in a little bit, but just that mental toughness piece too comes into play with everybody at, you know, for different slots on your roster. And that's a fun ro roster spot to recruit to that we don't talk about often is the walk-ons, the 10 through 15. Who are those dudes, right? They're crazy, but they're awesome. They are awesome. And I've got a, I got it with COVID and a red shirt year. He was a team manager when he came, came in a, and they earned himself a roster spot and then a small scholarship. But I got a sixth year guy that's finishing his master's degree next year. I mean, literally he's been with the program for six years and he's been in that 10 through 15. His name is David McCants. And he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. Yeah. And, and I mean, when I tell you that I love this guy, I mean, I love this guy. And, and, you know, he's going to be in 10 through 15 next year, in year six. 
yeah. but he's all in. And when I he's say all in all with in, it. loves it, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to leave, you know? And I'm like, Dave, at some point you're going to have to move on. I've never had a guy for six years before, but you're the Sounds first. Like Sounds like a GA, right? For your seven. Yep. So, there there yeah. you go. Lance, you mentioned the, the mental toughness aspect early in our conversation. Do you feel that that's something that that can be coached or either when you're recruiting a guy, he's either got it or doesn't? It's a muscle. So, yeah, everybody's got it. Uh, how developed is that muscle and what's the capacity or their willingness to continue to develop that muscle and train that muscle? Uh, mental toughness is is something that every single human being has to some degree. Right. Some people, you know, it's just like, you know, uh, naturally are six foot six or six foot nine you know you can't really change that right you know there's the there's the slender six eight guy and then there's the guy that looks like he he's he's adonis right you know and he's sculpted out of some type of stone um and so the same thing i think with mental toughness but it's also a part of their environment were they required to be mentally tough on their previous teams you know how were they raised you know, family dynamics, all of those different types of situations. Um, and, 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 and you figure out where they're at and then you dig in and you develop it every day. So you've got to put them in competitive situations. I know Kevin probably does a great job with this. Haven't watched any of his practices, but, but I, I've got, uh, a former colleague of, 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 of his that was on the women's side that's coaching my women's basketball team right now uh, in Corey Laster. And so I've, I've, I've said, Hey, tell me some stuff that kept about Kevin, you know? So, so I, I got the down low on you, on okay. you, Kevin. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, the, I, I know that we, we, you put competitive parts into practice and into situations as much as possible. And then, you develop the mental toughness for them to fight through. You put them in situations where they just possibly cannot win. I mean, we make practice harder than games. And, and I put the guys in situations so that we can test their mental uh, uh, toughness and see if they quit see if it affects their, their physical toughness. And then we address it. And then we bring that same drill back, maybe not the next day, maybe two days later. And we see if we can do it a little bit better, see if they can push through the grind a little bit more. And I think the more that you do things like that, and you're really intentional about building that mental toughness, then you see that things don't phase them. You know, and you're talking about like de defensive scramble drills, right? Rebounding drills. These things that it's not as technique driven, it's really mental toughness effort leading to physical toughness and finding a way, just finding a way. And once they figure out that they can do it in practice, you see them do it in a game. They love it when they don't have their best stuff and they find a way to win against another really good team. They walk in a like locker room and they believe. And when you get belief, you're going to be pretty darn good. Um, and creating opportunities for them to, to build that belief in practice, I think is what, allows you to get that mental toughness it's tough sometimes to describe them uh on zoom here but but do your best to describe a little bit what is it like being in a lance von Boek practice I, th I think that it's pretty intense uh most of the time we do we do make sure that we take some air out of the out of the balloon you know every now and again because we want the guys to have fun i also believe that competing and, 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 and working hard is fun. And I think that winning is fun and I know what it takes to win. So you, you put all those elements in, but we come in and we're, we get down to work. Um, and we, we, we put a lot of competitive uh, environment there. I also really believe in uh, individual skill development as year goes on. I know that there's a lot of programs around the country that, um, 
when, when once you get to the games, you know, it's it's 80% team practice, a little bit of shooting here, maybe a little bit of ball handling over there. But I think that that really backfires once you get into February, you know, late January, February, March, because their skills are eroding because you're spending too much time on plays and defensive concepts and things of that nature. So we try to teach our guys how to play and we try to put them in the environment environments where their, their, their skill can take over and we train their skill. So we'll spend at least half of our practice on, uh, you know, skill development type stuff, whether it be offensive skill development, defensive skill development. And we put all of these, uh, these uh, you know, breakdown drills together and we'll go piece, piece, whole, we'll build them up. But at the other side, we're, we're putting competitive elements into them. You know, uh, we'll, we'll do a three spot one-on-one drill you know, two or three times a week, you know, where we're working on offense and defense and I'll have my assistant coaches, one guy working with the defense and then one guy working with the offense. And there's a winner and a loser in each one of these situations. So if a guy's defending three different positions in three different situations, he's got to get two stops in order to get out. Or if he goes twice in a row and can't get two, two out of three stops on one of those goes, then he's got to run a 22. And, you know, if, if, if we just try to put anything that we can put in there to, to develop it. So there's an intensity to it. Um, in that, though, when the guys are playing really well, Kevin, I believe in this more now than I did 10 years ago. But the well-placed day off mm. is better than a bad practice. So we build in days off, an extra day off, almost every week of the second semester. Yeah, now, we do it periodically, sporadically in the first semester. Um, but once we get into, uh, you know, the spring semester, we're taking Sunday off and we're taking a Monday or a Tuesday off almost every single week. And it's it's a chance for them to get their their mental health together, for them to concentrate on their academics, to take a breath. The amazing thing is, is the guys will get with the assistant coaches and they'll come in for a 45 minute shooting workout or something like that because they just want it, but it's loose and it's on their terms. And if they don't, if they don't come or they don't set one of those up, there's really, it, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know, you do what you need to do. It's your day. It's free. You know, we're here if you want us, but, but you take care of your business. Yeah. Those, those days are good. I think that's smart too. We, we do something similar to that. I mean, we'll take most month, the way of the rhythm of our conference schedule, we'll make, take most Mondays off. Um, but we'll just say, Hey, if, if you want to come watch film, we'll be here, right? We're going to be watching it. Just come plop down, watch it with us. I don't know about you. We, we film every practice. Um, so anytime our guys want to come in and watch practice, we, you know, we got them trickling in from here. Some guys want to get more shots up. Some guys just want to have lunch and, yeah. and talk about what's going on in their life. And all of those things are conducive to them maintaining that high level of, of performance and, and engagement probably more than anything. Right. I mean, just that tank gets empty. It's a, the hoop season is so long, especially for you guys. I mean, you're, you're playing into March every year. So, I mean, it's crazy. It starts, you know, it starts so early and it goes all the way into March and, and it's almost the entire academic year nowadays. I mean, I know we're going to have some parameters on that next year more so than in previous years, but boy, it's a, it's a long season. If you don't take a breath and I don't know about you, I need a breath, right? I, <laughs> I need those days too, to just say, Hey, I'm actually going to sleep till six rather than five. And I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe have one more cup of coffee at home before I head in. But uh, 
it can be tough. So I, I think it's smart. And, and that mental health piece is so important with how much those kids have pulling on them nowadays than, than before. So appreciate your thoughts there. Absolutely. All right, Lance, let's jump into some fun questions as we get ready to close out this segment. Um, I'll give you a magic wand. Anything you want in the game of college basketball, added, subtracted, anything you want to change, it's all yours. What do you want? Oh, wow. This is, this is, this is a curveball of a question here. I wasn't prepared for this, but let me see if I can think on my feet. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually, um, I would not be opposed even though I consider myself kind of like a basketball purist, you know, and whatnot, I wouldn't be opposed to going to four quarters in men's basketball. I wouldn't be opposed more, more, more end, end of, uh, you know, uh, quarter situations, uh, where there's shots. Um, you know, I'm not sure about advancing the ball. I kind of like, you know, the fact that we don't advance the ball. So I'd probably keep that. Uh, I do think that we, we still need the, still need to work on, uh, if I, if I got my magic wand, uh, I, I think that we need to work on, um, really what are we trying to accomplish i would get rid of this the, the stupid the stupid new rule where you know these officials are trying to have to be they're forced to have to try to judge whether a kid was trying to bait them into a call you know with the head bob and then the flop they, they just need to get rid of that and then the other thing i'd get rid of is let's not worry about what socks they're wearing and i wouldn't <laughs> i would I, I wouldn't worry about what what their what their underpants are you know like i mean is it black is it white like let's stop being the uniform police everybody looks good the, the coaches are doing a good job let's let's you know the schools are providing them with uniforms let's just play the game and and have fun you took the magic wand and made it a genie and got three wishes out of it i yeah, like yeah. that part too yeah, I thought you were going to say you want to see, you know, basketball coaches be like baseball coaches and wear the uniform. <laughs> that might be mine, but uh, I joke with my guys, you know, we'll, we'll maybe try that one time and just see if it catches fire or not. What? Uh, all right, you're you're up three. Other team has the ball. Four seconds left. You fouling or not fouling? Uh, we're up three and four seconds to go. Well, where's the ball at? Is it is it a full court situation? Is it in a half court situation? Great question. I'm, I'm going to say a full court situation, full court, full court situation. If the ball is inbounded into the backcourt, absolutely. You know, if the, if, if it's a long pass where it's caught, if the guy's facing with his back to the basket, you, you foul him on the catch before he can turn. Uh, if they're, if they're facing forward and they're past half court, uh, I think that you just defend and you keep your hands up. Um, I, I believe that, you know, things are going to happen. There's no right or wrong answer on this. It can, it can bounce the wrong way in either direction, but if, if they're not facing the basket, the official's going to have a hard time giving them shooting foul on that. So then you, you put them out, you know, they're, they're going to have time, hard time making a three pointer, you know, and one, if you're in the bonus, it might be a one and one, it might be a double bonus, but obviously if you're up three, it's not going to matter. So that's where I'm at. All right. That's good. They, uh, it's neither good nor bad. It's no judgment on there. We're, we're all different, right? So I'm, uh, if you coach any other sport besides basketball, what would that sport be? Oh, if I uh, coached another sport besides basketball, let's, let's go with, uh, I don't know, probably football. <laughs> I probably have to be football. I don't think that I, I don't think I'm built for, for volleyball or definitely not soccer too long, not enough scoring. Um, tennis. Uh, no, I, I think we're going to stick with football. Football. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I was going to say my, my favorite sport's not even basketball. I love football. So, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's fun stuff. 
Give us your ultimate dinner party, Coach. You and three guests, dead or alive, who's it going to be? Well, you know, I, I can't include Kevin, so I'm going to have uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll 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 go. So dead or alive, I, I obviously ultimate uh, thing uh, for me. I, I would love to sit down and have dinner with Jesus, but that's 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 me, obviously, and that's my number one. Martin Luther King would be uh, uh, number two, um, and then number three uh, dinner probably. Um, Maybe Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Abe Lincoln would be somebody that I would just love to just be in the presence and see how that guy's mind worked and, and, and just how he was able to handle what he handled during the time that he was uh, president. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Those have been popular answers. Uh, give us, give us your book title. Uh, when you go to write a book someday, what's it going to be titled? Oh, titles. <laughs> book title. Let's go. Uh, uh, Okay, I got one for you. This is this is the old school one. Le left turn only. My uh, first experience as a full time assistant coach was at Georgia State University, and I worked with the hall, of, the legendary and the Hall of Fame, Lefty Drizel. Oh, wow. And and uh, so that was my experience. Uh, I I had just been um, a graduate assistant over there with Paul Hewitt at Georgia Tech. I went over to Georgia State University. I was working with Coach Drizel. And I rolled into it, and I, I just had this uh, amazing example. You know, he's the left-hander. That was his nickname. And uh, left turn only. He did it his own way. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, I got a chance to learn from one of the best. Wow. I, I did that based on title alone. I love it. What about the best book you've ever read? Best book that I've ever read outside the Bible um, is going to be the uh, – <laughs> all right, for, for lead, leader, leadership-type book um, – I love extreme ownership. Uh, it's written by two uh, uh, Navy SEALs, uh, and, and that one was was fantastic. I don't know if it's the best one. It's just probably one of the more recent ones that, that just popped into my head. Um, as far as uh, uh, fiction, uh, I love the Gray Man series. I mean, I absolutely can't get enough of the Gray Man series. It's it's uh, unbelievable, and uh, I would uh, highly recommend it if you need some just to like to get away from basketball and leadership for a little bit. Uh, it, it'll be worth Mark Graney's the, the author of that book. Yeah. What, what was the name of that podcast you mentioned earlier as well? Focus three podcast three. with, uh, with Brian kite. I like that. I'm gonna look that up as well. Uh, he's got a, he's got a brother too, Tim kite. They used to do it together okay. and then they separated. So, okay. Thinking back to your younger self, Lance, the brand new coach first year, knowing what you know now, after this many years, what would you tell your younger self? What advice would you give your younger self? I would say uh, just don't be as afraid about making mistakes. Um, you know, the, the understanding that you don't have to be perfect, right? You know, I think that maybe that, uh, that perfection gene was something that I've had to work really hard on, on kind of eliminating uh, so that, you're able to be, you know, a little bit more, I'd say, present, authentic, and then also relatable, right? You know, because if you're doing everything right all the time, then a lot of people are going to look at you and be like, you know, I don't even get that guy. What is, you know, is he, is he a machine? Is he this? So I think I probably tried to cultivate um, doing things the right way probably too much, or I focused on it a little bit more than what I should. So that's what I would say. I would say, 
younger self, just, just don't be afraid to make mistakes and be as authentic as you can be, um, be comfortable in your own skin. And it's okay to not know something. And when you don't let them know, and then do your best to learn it. If it's something that's required of you. Lance Von Vogt, men's basketball coach slash athletic director at William Jessup. Lance, thanks so much for your insights and spending some time with us today. You guys are great. Thank you for doing this. And I'm going to have to pull this podcast up and, and start listening to some of the other coaches because I, I can just imagine how much I would learn um, uh, just by listening. And I got to tell you, Donnie, uh, before we sign off, you, you do have that classic uh, broadcasting voice. When you opened up the show today, I was like, oh, this guy's the real deal. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to, to listening to some of your calls and your games on uh, the, the, the Fire Network or what do you guys ever call that over there. Yep. Appreciate it, Coach. Appreciate you, Coach. Great to be with you. Man.